No, man, your selling point is that it makes you sleepy. Get out of here. Uh, snap. Another episode of the Thirsty Booster Podcast. My name is Zach. Working here with my best friend and co-host Chad Higgins, and we're here today to talk turkey. <laughs> you may have heard it from the pre-roll. We have been talking about it because it's almost time. It's almost Thanksgiving time. Chad, I've uh, spent the last couple Thanksgivings refining the art hood of manliness of smoking a bird uh, over a fire, but at these prices. I'm rethinking it. So I. So you were telling you were price checking turkeys. I was excited. It's price checking turkeys. The last I saw from my local butcher, he said that he could get me was nine dollars a pound. Now, unless you're buying minuscule birds, uh, I guess a part of it's the conversation. There's like an avian flu that's like affected a lot of the the gobblers. Um, that's made it a little bit harder to get a hold of. But it's so if you're prices, buying a, if you're buying like a six dollar bird, it's. It's just been doped up on NyQuil most of its life. <laughs> it just had a red sniffles. You, know, you, you get the sniffles and that gobbler that is hanging around. Uh, yeah, it's it's um that that's that's expensive, man. Like those are like beef prices, like but even more so. Nine dollars. I mean, but who really likes turkey? Like if you're a listener, it is definitely like, not worth nine dollars a pound. No. Not, and you got to cook it. It's not even cooked. It's not even prepped. You got to prep it. Here, here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing about turkey. And I know that we're going to have listeners. And here's what they're going to say. Okay. We always have it. <laughs> well, no. Here's what they're going to say about turkey. Okay. Because anytime I tell people t- turkey is not that great, they're going to make this some comment that goes something like this. Okay. Yeah, but have you ever had a deep fried one, right? Uh-huh. Or a smoked one? You know what I mean? And so it's like, you ever had turkey leftovers? <laughs> if if the cooking method it is so important right. for the meat to be good, right? Then you're already you're already starting from a deficit. Right, 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 right. You know what I mean? Like uh, other like good cuts of meat should only be enhanced greatly by the cooking method. That's right. To where, like a steak, you can take a steak, if you know what you do, yeah, and just throw it on an open fire, cook both sides, put salt and pepper on it, boom. Good to go. Great meal. Yeah. Great meat. Good can you go. make a better steak many ways? Yes. Yeah. But at base level, fire it's better, still Fire, good. butter, salt, good. That's right. The range, the... The ritual that comes with turkey. <laughs> the re- the range that that is going to be bad. Yeah, is very wide. Dry. You ever had a dry bird <laughs> ruin ruin your whole weekend? Holy smokes! Well, <laughs> send grandma home. This Thanksgiving's over. <laughs> Pack it up. Um, yeah. So if you're if you're if you're a diehard turkey lover out there, we'd love to hear more reasons why. And it can't be just for the way you're going to prep it. Because I guarantee you, whatever you were going to do to that turkey bird, you can do to a chicken for like uh, pennies on the dollar. <laughs> so, uh, our family's doing something different this so year. So you are deviating. I, I got to figure out a new plan. What's your new plan? We're we're going steak. Oh, you are going to go steak. Okay, we're going to go steak. Okay. Like everybody gets their own. You can get a big old one and like carve. Well, no, it up I'm not like going to make people share. <laughs> just carving it like it's a bird. Just like all right, you you two are on one piece of beef. Yeah, you, this porterhouse. Lord bless it to cover these six people. 
Uh, no, I'm going to buy I'm gonna buy the big hunk of meat. Okay. And I'm going to cut on myself. Oh, okay. You are carving. Cut the steaks okay. myself. Carving um, here's the deal. I you going sous vide? I know you're a fan of the sous vide. I am most likely going to go sous vide. Okay. The the problem that many steaks probably better just to do that and then just torch them. Well, I'll throw them on a grill. A grill torch. Okay. Uh, the, my problem is I don't know if I have a big enough bath. Okay. For it, I mean, it's just gonna. It's you gonna got be, a big enough bath for a turkey. You got a big enough bath for six steaks. Well, <laughs> correct. Uh. Yeah, because it's just going to be my parents, my brother, okay. sister-in-law. Like, our kids aren't really going to be steak eaters. Well, you know. a little like, tiny one, little burger steak. Yeah, but sliders, they'll, they'll kind of cut, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. cut up one steak between all of That's them. That's good. So um, We'll see. Uh, th- this year, we're, uh, I don't know, uh, we have the whole week off for the first time ever. So I'm, I may get bored enough that I just cook a turkey and give it away. I don't know. <laughs> Just we, we haven't had the so Karen's school system this year shifted uh, to give them instead of just the three days of the whole week. And so I don't know, man. I may get bored after a couple of days and decide I do want to cook something. So yeah. God, you're like the end version of Scrooge. That's it. Yeah. Where you're just giving away. Just giving meats away. Like I just I just felt like I wanted to fire the Traeger up and just cook a bunch of made some random thing. I may just go to my butcher and be like, what's your cheap meats? And just cook up a bunch of cheap meats. See, I think the key with the smoker during big holidays is the side. Okay. I think rolling in with like, you know, the smoked mac and cheese or something like that. that that's the next level. Yeah. Well, yeah, cause yeah. people aren't, they're expecting the bird or whatever right, right, right. out of the, but when you can roll in and you're like, I made cheese dip for everyone as an appetizer. Yeah. Smoked smoked queso. That's always a good recipe. Um, somebody who was we were at a gathering last year. The guy cold smoked um, some some uh, various like hard cheeses, uh, and it was just like a smoke infusion. And that's what we had with the summer, with the summer sausage. Like it was like a pre pre meal snack that I was like. My man here is thinking about before we even get started to take care of us. And so it was pretty good. Pretty good. That's so, pretty awesome. So share your holiday plans. Let us know what you're up to. Um, we'll get a report in from Chad live the day of Thanksgiving on wow. Steak, Steak Quest 101. So it's going to be, be good. It's going to be good. Uh, this week, we're back to talking about some of the, our, our booster community values that I'll link below. Um, one of the ones that we got some feedback on, I think it's also really timely in this kind of holiday season uh, between between the two major fall holidays of, of Thanksgiving and Christmas, is the notion of we're playing a short game in a long season. It's something that you and I have said at different conference events over the last few years that folks either like immediately agree to, like, yep, that sounds right, that's accurate. Or other folks are like... Is that a sports reference? I don't understand. <laughs> what is happening? Or like, is it like a golf thing? Um, and so I think I wanted to spend some time in this episode unpacking what we mean uh, to a youth ministry room of what it means to play a short game in a long season. Uh, functionally, the the shortest answer is um, you are doing work that you will probably not get to reap the benefits mm-hmm. of. And I think it's easy to say and hard to live into. Because sometimes that makes us feel like we're in a constant state of anxious feeling because it's not quite yet our time. Um, But I think one of the things to remember and to say back and forth to each other as other youth ministry leaders um, is that this is um, you are not working on the finished product right now. 
God bless the energy and effort you're giving to 14-year-olds, but they are not their best self yet. Um, they are not their full self yet. They have many miles and lessons, miles to go and lessons to learn. And I think it's really important for us to remind each other of that because you can get really disheartened when they're... Um, <laughs> and they don't pay attention when they're really frustrating or they're really flaky when one of your really great leadership kids just bails on the event that you kind of were hoping they would be the champion of. And I think it's important for us to talk about it more and more. Um, But Chad, like, I mean, you're now 17, 18 years into ministering and helping other ministers. What are some of the long season lessons you would give to our folks playing the short game? By the way, I'm in 19. 19. Oh, man. Speaking of anniversaries, yeah. there you go. 20, yeah. 2023 will be 20 years. Um, I think I, I want st- to start with the feeling of frustration. Because I think that in the work that we do, there can be a feeling of frustration in the payoff and I've found that the frustration often comes closely after the big win. That when you've finally gotten to a place where you do feel like things are going well, and then, then you have that like one student that like just stops coming, yeah, that it feels even more devastating, right? Um, and, and so those can happen when we just do ministry in the season to season or the right now, and we forget the opportunity to like, really like invest in the long game. Yeah. Looking, looking back, some of the students, some of the students that I'm still in closer connection with were probably some of the students that at the time, I I don't want to call them like drifters, but like took some effort to like be connected with. Yeah. Um, And they were, they just kind of, some of them like beat to their own drum kind of thing. But then as they got older, like when my relationship with them wasn't just a Wednesday night program. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it took a little bit of the like investing and caring about the student, whether they did or didn't go to camp or whether they did or didn't show up. Yeah, you were still there. Even You're still there. Yeah. And I think that that sets up this long game of still being able to like be connected and know what's going on in their life and those kind of things. And you see them becoming like adults with families. Yeah that are now more rooted in church. You know what I mean? And those kind of things. And I think a lot of that is the investment that you make during these like adolescent years that are just like... The uncertain years. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think it's important to say like it is a season of uncertainty. Um, Not to say names, but there was a season where there was four guys uh, that were all kind of buddies. And this is my like, my test case. Um... Two of them came from pretty tough home situations um, that when they got to church activities or events, I just felt blessed because I knew there was probably somebody that had to move heaven and earth to get them there. 
uh, or they were bumming rides from other kids. And there were two other guys that, you know, were, were pretty, pretty churched. Uh, I mean, mom and dad were very involved or whatever. Um, you would not guess now um, where they all ended up. Mm. Um, if you were an investor, <laughs> yeah. you were betting, uh, if you were hedging your bet on these four boys, um, they all landed in different places. Sure. Um, then you would have guessed. And the only way um, to help, I, I, I guess, secure that investment was to invest in all of them a little bit. Sure. And I think that's one of the things that I would encourage folks. I think one of the most frustrating things is we put a lot of energy into one particular student and then it feels like they let us down and hmm. it feels like we wasted our time. Um, and I think that's some of the things in, in a very sentimental but also spiritual way of why the work of ministry is involving other people. Because if it's all about everything, I mean, I don't know, Jesus had 12 and he even went 11 for 12, right? Like there is this layer of we invest in folks um, and we also invite others to invest in folks. Because it, we, we don't know. We don't know how it's all going to end up. We, we trust that the faithful investment was the actual work and not the return or the reward of how it shook out, right? Yeah. Like that, that's such an important piece. I, 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 think that, I think that thinking is the trap. And I think it's, I think it's hard for youth pastors to not want to make ministry feel personal. And, you know, when a, when a student stops coming or, you know, starts making statements, oh, I just don't know if I believe any of this anymore. Like, it's real hard to not feel personal in that. Yeah. But I think that that's one of the things that we have to fight against. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing that it's like, for, for us, we've got to, I'll even say, we have to mature and become emotionally intelligent enough to realize like the work that we're doing is faithful work between us and the Lord and our own discipleship. And not the fruit of the kid. And not yeah. the fruit of the kid. Yeah. Like our, our role is to be faithful in the gifts that God has given us to proclaim the gospel message. And what, what even if only one student shows up tonight, yeah. that we would be faithful in that. Yeah. And I think that for us, it's good for our own soul when we do it that way, um, but it's true to the work. Yeah. And it's a realization that God is at work even when we don't see it, that we can be faithful in the week to week or the season and allow the realization that just as Paul would talk about that he plants this seed in Apollo waters, right? Like it's not about who of them gets the glory. Yeah, that's good. But it is Christ who who brings growth. Yeah. And we have to trust him in the same way with the students that we lead in the realization that God is at work, even when we don't see it, man. Like I think about times in my own life when I was young and the most troubled and all these kind of things. I'm sure that there were like church leaders at the time that were just like, you know, what's going to happen with this kid or whatever, you know, but they, they hung around and they invested in me and those kind of things. And, and I'm so grateful for it. Yeah. Um, and I know that for listeners, like there are probably students right now that you're thinking about that you haven't seen in a while. And if we're honest, sometimes when we take it personal, 
we feel like, well, they don't want to come. They don't want to, you know, we're, we're done. We're not going to reach out or whatever. And I just want to encourage you. You don't have to try to win them back. Yeah. Right. But let them know you care. Yeah. Um, I remember it was probably like my senior year. I got busy with school and stuff like that. And I hadn't been at church for in a while. And I remember my Wednesday night cleared up and I was able to go. And so I went and, uh, Scott, the youth pastor that I saw that night, um, I just remember him looking at me in the face in a real genuine way. And, and just telling me, he was like, he's like, Hey, I, I don't want this statement to feel like guilt. He's like, I- I've missed you. Mm. And I didn't feel like Scott was wanting me to like booster his number of his programs in that moment. Yeah. I heard from a guy that I cared a lot about yeah. that I saw he cared about me. He saw you. He knew. He saw me yeah. and he missed me. Yeah. And it's okay to say that to someone. Um, I don't think it's okay to say that to someone if we're trying to just manipulate them to get them there. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't uh, seen you in a while. Right. Get out of here, man. Correct. Like, I, we all know what's right. And I think, yeah, we've said this in other places. If you want to play the long game well, you got to uproot that sarcasm. Yeah. Because you see it bigger. I mean, like, there is a reason that gardening, farming metaphors are used because sometimes it's weather and you are not in control. Sometimes there are seasons where things grow and seasons are slow. Yeah. And that is not up to you. And I know that th- that your upline senior leader may have forgotten it too, but do not let them let you forget that that's not all up to you. Like you toil mm. in the soil, you till, you water and you nurture because you actually care yep. and you're hoping and praying for life. And if it's all dependent on you, then sure. But we know that it's not. Right. And the reminder is that we are just one small season of a grander story and picture. And the older I get, the more freeing that is. Because I just have one chapter of their life in the same way that a kid's minister just has another chapter in their life. Um, adult ministry is the hardest because yeah. then you are, I mean, you got them for another done. But this, this is, man, you got them in a formative stage. They literally are in the backswing of trying to figure this thing out to extend the golf metaphor. You're with them. One of the things that this does too, when we start to get this right, is it helps us see the students that are in the room. And to be grateful for the students that are in the room and realize that it's like, no offense, we don't live in a world anymore where there's much obligation to be at church. Right. There's no social pressure like there used to be. And so the fact that the students that are there have chosen to be there for the most part, right? I know some of them are getting drugged by their parents, but a lot of them are choosing to be there. That want something. And, and sometimes we can throw up our hands and we're like, well, I don't even know why these kids are here. They didn't pay attention, all that kind of stuff. But I think that gratefulness and thankfulness, one and first and foremost, the role that God has called us into. We working in church and student ministry is a pretty pretty cool calling. Yeah. It's not a bad gig. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it can get tiresome, all that kind of stuff. 
Like, you're not digging a ditch somewhere, man. Yeah. Like. We use the word work lightly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also the opportunity to get invest in someone's life. Yeah. To really, like, genuinely care about someone. And introduce them to a God who loves them. Yeah. And cares about them and wants more for their life than the world has to offer. And we can get frustrated because we didn't have enough kids show up for dodgeball. Or we can really realize like what God's doing in our church and in our community. And we can stop trying to play the comparison game against the dude down the road. And we, we see the kids in the room. I remember one of the statements that uh, continues to go through my head is don't miss the students for the, in the room um, with your eyes on the door Yeah, of like hoping that one more comes in. Yeah. 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 And it's like, man, there are the students that are going to be there this Wednesday for you. Or if you're off right next week, don't miss the opportunity to invest in them. Don't miss the opportunity to chase down that kid that's running. Yeah. Um, cause God loves him. Yeah. And he, here's the secret. I think God's going to teach you something about your own relationship with him and your pursuit of that kid. Yeah. That God may reveal to you how much more he actually loves you and chase after you and all your sinfulness and brokenness by the job that he's given you to run down some wild 14-year-old kid. Yeah. Um, it's worth it. Yeah. It's being reminded of the fact that it is a slow and important work, and um, it doesn't make it easy to hear. Uh, well, we're hoping that this helps um, from two guys that are committed to be in this with you week after week, that the last seven years and more ahead of us, to care for those that are caring for students, because we believe in the impact that it will have. We believe in the ways in which pouring into, caring for, creating opportunities for teenagers full of questions and uncertainty to meet a God full of grace, truth, and hope could make all the difference. We are thankful for you this season and always. <laughs>